0: Hello and welcome to the Kevin Bay podcast. Today is Saturday, June 30th, and we're back. Third time's the charm. Uh, my name is Kevin Zhang, and with me, as always, is William Bay. How you doing, sir? Doing well. It's uh, it's been a
1: while, but you know, we finally had some free time to start playing <laughs> our show again.
0: Yeah, it's hard to uh hard to get our schedules to align, but you know, I guess when I break a collarbone. There's not much else to be doing besides sitting around the house. Maybe this time we'll be sick? I don't know. We'll try it Try once, see if we can keep it. Uh, yeah, for sure. for sure. For sure. Anything for our loyal
1: base.
0: <laughs> yeah, all, all two of them. So it's a dog day in the summer. There's not much going on besides baseball. Um, but since we don't follow baseball that closely, it's an NBA free agent special today. Um, however, there were a lot of rockets that won some of those NBA awards that happened last week. I think it happened June twenty fifth, so that was on Monday. Um, so, kind of wanted to touch on those first. See if you had any thoughts on that. Is there anywhere you wanted to start?
1: Uh, I mean, we could just kind of run down the list. It looks like uh, you know the MVP is the first award that they mentioned on NBA dot com. Uh, what are your thoughts about James Harden James Harden Harden winning MVP <laughs> and you think, uh, there was another player more deserving?
0: I mean you know all this comes down to like is it the season or is it the best player overall? I think James Harden was deserving to win the MVP this season and I think it's about time. I think he should have won it last year and in 2015. I, mean, I think this should be his third MVP. Um, but yeah I'm glad he won it. Um, You know it's definitely a moment to reflect on the, what could have been for OKC now that they have three, you know, their big three winning MVPs a few years later. Um, what about you? Do you think you should have gone to LeBron or something?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it should have. I, um, and the reason why I say that is because if you switch LeBron for uh, James Harden, on those teams, there's no way James Harden carries that Cleveland Cavaliers team to the the uh, NBA Finals. What? But maybe I, not to... I think it, it, I think it is the uh, regular season award, and so
0: that's why James Harden won it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not to the Finals, but I'm sure you would have carried them to a really good regular season record. And like you said, the awards for the regular season. I mean, James Harden, without Dwight Howard, and without Chris Paul, carried the Rockets to like a... I forget, but a pretty good finish a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, but I, I just think that um, he doesn't, like, LeBron affects every part of the game, offense and defense, and as we know, James Harden is notorious for taking plays off on of the defensive end, and so uh, I don't think he would have been able to carry that Cleveland team to an NBA final.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but still, like you, know, like you said, it's for the regular season, and I was going to say. I mean, I agree that LeBron's overall a better player, but on the offensive end, Harden's better than LeBron. Like, you just give it to Harden, he's going to get a shot for either himself or a teammate, every possession down the floor. Like, LeBron doesn't do that. You know, he's like in and out of the offense.
1: Uh, I'm not sure what we're watching, but uh, I would have to strongly disagree with that. LeBron affects every play. um, According to... uh, ball usage of coin uh, totals, he counts for more than, uh, you know, 30, almost a third of the coins of in the points team, um, in some way or fashion. Uh, the big thing with LeBron, though, I think, is that, uh, you know, he's a lot older. He's, what, he's 33 this season, and he had one of the best seasons he's had. That's pretty scary for a guy going. That went into his 15th season.
0: Yes, yeah, so I guess that does bet the question. So LeBron's like definitely on a decline, right? He's, what is he, like 33 now or something? Um, so, I mean, there's only going to be so many more years that he can play at this level. Do you think he gets another MVP or two before, before it's all said and done?
1: You know, it's kind of like that whole Michael Jordan scenario. He wasn't, uh, Michael Jordan didn't win the MVP every year, right? Um, guys like... Carl Malone, Charles Barkley wanted, even though they weren't the best player, Yeah. per se. Uh, so I think it'll be the same thing that the writers and the people who vote for MVP will try to spread it around. I really do hope LeBron wins one more, but he never them know.
0: If there was one, I think LeBron definitely missed out on. It was, it was like 2011. It was a year Derrick Rose won. I think that one definitely should have gone to LeBron. Um, but besides that, I think Curry, Durant, uh, Westbrook, and Harden have been deserving MVPs these years. Uh, I do think he'll get one more on his way out just because the voters um, want to reward him for being the best overall player and so dominant over such a long period of stretch, just like hasn't been seen before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But like you said, uh,
1: it is a regular season award, James Harden's team has the best record, uh, statistically one of the
0: best years he's ever had. Um, so very, very deserving of that award. Alright, that's actually the main award I want to talk about. I also want to talk about Executive Year, just because Daryl Morey won. Again, about time. I mean, this guy assembles such a great team every year, year in and year out. He just never gets recognition for it. Um, I think because he's very analytics driven, a lot of traditional lines of basketball like, oh, we can't reward that. Um, but yeah, he's his first NBA Basketball Executive of the Year win. So just congrats to Daryl Morey and um, the Rockets, really. You
1: know, I'm looking at the, uh, looking at the uh, voting results. Number two was the GM from Utah. Uh, and number three was the GM from Indiana. Uh, you know, I think Daryl Morey does do things that uh, go against what many trick traditionalists, how well, they would run their front office. But like you said, you cannot argue with the results. I mean, uh, the analytics-driven uh, uh, front office did produce one of the best teams and produced the best record. If I were to give a vote, I think I'd probably give it to uh, Danny Ames, Uh, As executive of the year, the fact that he was able to get uh, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, and keep so many assets, young players like Jason Tatum, uh, was quite impressive as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, Boston's built for the future. They're going to be the king of the East for years and years to come, Um, which, you know, segue into free agency. If LeBron ends up going to the Lakers or a lot of, you know, these top regions go to Lakers. I think it's just going to be another decade of just Lakers and Celtics beating each other in the finals again.
1: Um, I mean, you said you thought Daryl Morey was well-deserved, was was very deserving of the uh, executive of the year. How do you feel about his use of analytics in basketball? Are you a fan? Are you opposed to it? Or do you think that there's some room at a lesser capacity?
0: What do I think of him using analytics in basketball? Yeah, like, I mean, he's one
1: of... I think we can both credit him as being uh, one of the first DMs to fully embrace the analytical loop.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously I think it's a positive trend. I think he changed the way that Front Office's work in the NBA. Um, he pioneered the use of analytics uh, in, you know, talent acquisition and evaluating players. And if you look at the NBA scene today, Practically every team has some sort of analytics department. Maybe there. I. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where other podcasts get their notes from. I don't know who does and doesn't. But I'd imagine that close to every NBA team has an analytics department these days. Um, So I'd say he was revolutionary in that sense. Yeah, I think so too. Um, You know,
1: I don't like as much number crunching. I think. It almost feels like a stock market where you try to trend based on numbers who you think is going to be good, who going to be bad. I think you definitely need to have some traditional uh, scouting where you have guys who can see and watch and definitely tell where the talent is. But you're right, there is room in this game for analytics, and the teams that are using it are the ones that seem to be trending upward in terms of player development. Uh, and getting their teams in the right uh, shape to win championships.
0: See, so, yeah, I actually think that's a misconception, that people think just because Daryl Mori prioritizes analytics more than most other front offices, that he's some sort of robot. He doesn't take, like, other human factors into consideration when building his team. Um, you know, he does. He relies on scouting. He relies on, you know, input of, you know, a lot of people close to him. And he communicates a lot with his players, too. Like, he treats them as humans. Um, his efforts in recent seasons in acquiring Dwight Howard to get James Harden help, and when that didn't work out, you know, he's acquiring ball hands like Chris Paul, and, you know, Ty Lawson, obviously that one wasn't a success, uh, but that's all based off of input from James Harden. He, like, values the input of his players and his scouts um, in this whole, you know, player acquisition process. It's just that he also uses analytics as, you know, to a greater percentage than other front offices.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing before we move on to free agency, I do want to talk about rookie of the year because that was a big argument all year. The fact that Ben Simmons, yes, this is his first year playing in the FBA, but it's technically the second season versus uh, Donovan Mitchell, who is, you know, actually a rookie. What did you feel about that? Um, and where do you stand in the debate of... Uh, What is a
0: rookie? I have no qualms with the categorization of Ben Simmons as a rookie. I think if it's his first year playing um, in an NBA game, then he should be eligible to be considered a rookie this year. Um, I get that's going to be different because he's gone through a year of training with NBA teams, of scrimmaging in the NBA scene, of taking in the whole environment. But, you know, because he can't qualify last year because he didn't play a game, are you going to say he can never qualify for Rookie of the Year award? That doesn't make sense. At some point, he's got to be considered a rookie, right?
1: see, I think uh, some parts of what you say bolster my argument that he should not have been considered Rookie of the Year. You know, he has an advantage over all these other guys because he did go through a year of uh, training, a year of film study, a year of Strength and conditioning, and a year of dieting. So he's been in the NBA circuit one year longer than these guys.
0: So, so are you saying that a, he should never have the opportunity to win this rookie of the year award?
1: I would, I would say yes. Same way with Joel Embiid, you know, he was what almost two full seasons out of the NBA, and then he was considered a rookie. I think it's the same way, uh, you know. All that stuff does, I feel like, give him an advantage, to some degree.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying I agree with you that it does give Ben Sims an advantage, because he's, you know, had a year to go through the system. But I think it's more fair this way, because you gotta at least give him the opportunity to qualify for the award, and he can't qualify for it if he doesn't win any games, you know? Or he doesn't play any games. You
1: know, I think it's unfortunate, but like I said, uh, as, as Donovan Mitchell once wore on a hoodie, right? You know, he is um, an individual who has in, who is entering his first time, his his first year um, into a new into a new setting. And yeah. So by that definition, Ben, ben Simmons would not be able. That being said,
0: I uh, my vote might have been for Mitchell anyway, even considering Ben Simmons as part of the. Uh, cast. I'm surprised that uh the voters, 91st place votes went to Ben Simmons and only 11 went to Donovan Mitchell. I really thought it would be a closer race than that.
1: I think it has to do with market size. You know, a lot of the people, uh, you know, Philly is a big market. Utah is not. I'm not sure how many people are going to be watching Utah unless they have like a league pass or something. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they were a playoff team, you know, they didn't make a lot of noise until um, got an initial on the, the, uh, was it the slam dunk contest
0: in February. Really? I think, um, maybe to the general public, Utah's not a sexy team to pick and no one's like watching them on League Pass or anything, but at least to these 100 voters, you think they'd be following the NBA closely enough to pay attention to Mitchell, right? And Utah was one of those few good stories this year. Uh, they surprisingly ended up in fifth place or were really competitive in the West. I don't think anyone had expectations for them to be that good, and it was really because of Mitchell and Joe Ingles. Um, you know, after losing Gordon Hayward, they really came and stepped up, and I think Mitchell should deserve a lot more recognition than he ended up getting for it. Yeah, I
1: think so too. Um, but you know, the, this season is over. We'll see which of these uh, new exciting rookies that was previously drafted, that was just drafted, may have a chance to win the Rookie of the Year.
0: Do you, do you have any hot takes right now? Do you want to make a prediction?
1: Any hot takes? Um, I'd probably say, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick uh, DeAndre Ayton, the, uh, Arizo- the, big, the big man from Arizona that got drafted by the Suns. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to prove himself and uh, get the stats in order to win Rookie of the Year. We'll definitely have you the
0: have opportunity many- to get- Uh, see, I don't follow the college scene, so I don't really know, but I would have to agree that Aiden would definitely have the opportunity to get the stats. I mean, Phoenix is a mess of a team. I
1: think they have some nice young pieces, though, going forward with Josh Jackson, uh, 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 Aiden, Nate, uh, Booker.
0: They got some pieces, um, but I don't know, they're too young, they're, I don't think they're well coached. Um, they were, they were hard to watch last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, they just hired a new guy, uh, one of the assistants from Utah. So, uh, it should be very interesting to see them next year. hmm For sure. Uh, but coming out to the free agency, um, you know, the moratorium where the, uh, eight, or the players can start talking with the team's about to begin. Eventually, uh, after a week, we'll start seeing where people sign. Are there any hot takes you want to go in this uh, free agency period? What's
0: well, that? Are there any teams I want to talk about?
1: Yeah, what teams do you want to talk about? Many players?
0: Let me pull up the list here. I guess, you know, you can start with the elephant in the room. You can start with LeBron. Um, so he opted out of his current contract that puts the likely scenarios of places to land, which is teams that have enough space to sign him and, you know, are semi-desirable being Cleveland, the Lakers, and Philly. Do you have guesses on where he's going or think there's dark horse contenders out there that might swing something to be able to sign him?
1: Uh... You know, a lot of people were pushing for him to go to the Rockets. I don't think that's going to happen, because now we have to sign and trade. And I don't think even would want any of our pieces. Um, if I if, LeBron, if I had to guess, I would think LeBron would re-sign for, with the Cavs with a one-year deal, with the player option after, just kind of like what Kevin Durant did, and we'll see what happens in 2019.
0: I, uh... I kind of think he's leaving. I think he's had enough of Dan Gilbert. Um, he knows that the Cavs' roster isn't going to be able to beat Boston this year. Uh, Boston's going to get Kyrie back and get Hayward back. And Cleveland, you know, they barely even made it out of the first round past Indiana last year. Uh, they got older veterans on the team. Um, and really no wiggle room to sign an impact player outside of LeBron. Because they were already, you know, well above the cap. If anything, they're trying to get, you know, cut, cut tax and get under the cap. So I think LeBron leaves. Um, if I had to pick, I think he goes to LA. Yeah, I'm not. Sure. See, the only thing that I
1: hesitate with LA for is because of the whole. Uh, I don't even want to bring his name up, but the whole bar ball factor. I can't even believe we're saying this. <laughs> Podcast, But I don't think he'd like that circus. You know, I think he, you know, if you just talk about Lonzo the Kid as a player, I think he doesn't mind that. But the whole circus that comes with it, I don't think he'd want that, especially being, um, you know, elder statesman, a guy that'll be 34, who I feel would be looking for championships rather than trying to go, you know, to L.A which is a team that I think is not very close to
0: winning the game. Right, that's the thing, right? So I really thought Houston was going to be a top candidate because if you look at the three options that are being listed out there right now, Cleveland, Philly, and Lakers, um, I really don't think it's going to be Cleveland that he signed back home. And then for Philly and L.A., both those teams are really, really young. You know, one's like Joel Ben simmons The other one's, you know, Lonzo Ball, um, Ingram, and, like, neither of them, I think, are super great fits for LeBron, someone who's trying to win now. Um, so I really think it's pretty up in the air on where he goes. But I think what the Lakers do give the, give the advantage of is they have cap room that both sign LeBron and sign Paul George or and sign, um, I don't know, one of these other top impact free agents out there that are able to help LeBron, you know, win immediately with the Lakers.
1: Yeah, I think so too, but right that is like that big if, right? you got to bring the next guy. Um, I think with LeBron and Paul George and potentially Kawhi Leonard if they can train him, they're all waiting for the first domino to fall. Um, it's hard to be that first guy, right? The first guy in the pool, but then once you're in, everybody wants to join, especially if you're LeBron Hughes.
0: Yeah, so the thing I hate about... LeBron James' one-year contracts every year is that he puts the entire NBA in a state of paralysis because, you know, everyone's just waiting on what LeBron's going to do, and no one wants to sign any other player or do anything until LeBron signs, and then they will react accordingly. Um, And it's actually, I think, kind of in general, the NBA these days, um, as opposed to a decade ago, everyone's contracts are shorter. It used to be like four or five-year deals, now all players are signing two, three-year deals. And if you're a, like a max star, like a LeBron or a KD, you're only signing one-year deals every year. Um, so every year, like, there's so much player movement during free agency. Um, just like, no one knows where anyone's going to go. Um, there's so many question marks. And I really miss the days of before where teams are pretty set. Um, you know, there was consistency year in, year out between who's going to be on your team. Uh, a lot less player movement, a lot less confusion, I feel
1: like. I think it just highlights the different changes in the NBA now. A lot of people, uh, you know, I think before you wanted to compete against your, uh, you know, against your peers. And now you're seeing that people don't mind going to these super teams, these team-ups, to win championships. Um, just like Kevin Durant with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, here's a guy that had them down 3-1. Next thing you know he's won two championships with this team and uh, he's going to be re-signing with them again.
0: See, I just don't believe that. I think the Stars back in the day didn't team up because they didn't have the opportunity to, because they were you know, tied down with these four, five, six-year deals that they didn't really have the opportunity in free agency to go choose a destination to go play with other people. But I think if you told Charles Barkley back in the 90s You know, Charles Barkley being one of those notorious people running his mouth, being like, oh, I would never team up with anyone back in the day. I wanted to, you know, beat the best. But through the 90s, he told Charles Barkley, oh, if you can go to this team and team up with said player to top MJ and beat MJ and win a championship, would you do it? I think he says yes 100% of the time. Like, there's no way he turns that opportunity
1: down. I don't know. I think there's a lot of pride, obviously, in those answers, right? You guys don't want to have to admit that Hey, maybe I do need help, or maybe I do need to uh, need this team up.
0: Well, he he actually did that. He forced his way to a trade to Houston Rockets to team up with Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Scottie Pippen.
1: But but that's different because...
0: How's that different?
1: Because Clyde, Carl Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon, all those guys were in their later years. All those guys were a lot older. Whereas now... Think about Kevin Durant. He's in his prime, and he's teaming up with guys that are in their
0: prime. I'm just saying Barkley would have done it in his prime, too, if he could have. He just couldn't.
1: Mm, I'm not sure about that. But again, we don't know because, obviously, uh, we can only go by what people say. And so if Charles Barkley says he didn't want to do it, we we have to go with him on that.
0: I don't know. I think, I think in the moment he, he probably would have done it, but that's just my thoughts.
1: And going back to the whole LeBron thing, I think if LeBron were to leave Cleveland, wouldn't Philly make the most sense? Cause there's a team that is on the ride. He'll be in the East. So he'll get to stick with, uh, he'll be able to stick on a side that is generally known to be weaker than the West.
0: I think although they're generally known to be weaker than the West and I think this season they still will be overall weaker than the West, um, I think, you know, it's going to be hard to get past Boston. You also got some teams on the rise there. Toronto's going to be solid every year. Um, who else? I think the Wizards aren't bad. The Bucks aren't bad. Um, I think there's going to be some tough teams. And with Philly, so it's a couple things, right? One is they have less cap flexibility than the Lakers. They only have, I think, 26 million available. So even just to sign LeBron outright uh, to like a max 35 million dollar deal that LeBron would probably want, um, they'll need to shed a little bit of salary. Um, so getting LeBron, that's probably going to be, you know, it in terms of moves they're going to make. Um, so they can't sign other free agents like the Lakers could. Additionally, the Philly Stars are really injury-prone. While I do agree that they're, you know, talent-wise better, like Ben Simmons and Embiid are better than any two guys who pick on the Lakers right now, both of those stars are incredibly injury-prone. They both missed, you know, their first year in the league. Uh, they both missed chunks of this past season. So I think that's another variable to consider. And so for those reasons, I feel like it's probably a safer bet that LeBron would go with the Lakers.
1: I mean, I still think that. I mean, I'm looking at at least cap room right now. Jared Bayless at eight million, right? Yeah. Um, They've got a couple of guys on non-guaranteed contracts at about two million. So you cut Jared Bayless, or you trade him away. You cut one of these non-guarantees, and get LeBron. But like you said, uh, there's not a lot of room left to sign other people, but. With that team, do you really need to sign anyone else if you can have the lineup with Ben Simmons, LeBron James, Joel
0: Embiid? I mean, it's also a really crowded lineup. You know, That's true, they do have Fultz, although he's really a question mark. He did not look good during the limited time playing last year. Um, They do have the advantage of having all three of those guys on their rookie contracts, so you're getting Simmons and Embiid at a really good bargain. Well, uh, Embiid's
1: like... Bede side a con, uh, contract extension,
0: he's got his $27 million. Oh, does he? Okay. I guess he has Simmons and Fultz on the bargain deals.
1: Fultz and Sarge are all there with the scale oh, on Oh, yeah, that.
0: Sarge, too. Okay, but see, if your starting five is like Fultz, Simmons, LeBron, Sarge, and Bede, there's not much shooting to go around in that starting five. And, you know, LeBron and the Cavs love to play the five-out lineup with Kevin Love at the five, right? He's not going to be able to do that. The plane's can be clogged there in Philly. Fultz can't shoot. Simmons can't shoot. Sargent and B can to some extent, but, you know, that's going to be, like, kind of backwards if you're going to have those two guys camping out on the three-point line with all these drivers. You
1: know, I I think you'll you'll get the LeBron effect just a little bit out there. You will have uh, some players that want to sign for minimum contract, the veteran minimum play with him so I think they'll be able to find some suitors like that Uh, if if, uh, LeBron decides
0: to go to Philly yeah I mean you're definitely right they wouldn't be doomed you know there's always going to be the veterans willing to take the minimum uh, to chase that ring and talent wise Simmons and Embiid you know are are great I think they're definitely better than Lonzo Ball Um, Brandon Ingram I think could definitely grow into his body and really I don't know Become, develop into a better player this year, but it's yet to be seen. Um, but I don't know, I think the, the injury risk is pretty, pretty high if he goes to Philly.
1: Yeah, I think, you no, know, I think so too, but uh, we, we want him Speaking of, uh, you know, guys that are going to influence the market, we also have Paul George who just opted out of his, uh, deal and is now an unrestricted free agent. Any ideas where he might go?
0: So it's, again, back to, like, the, the whole paralysis thing, right? I think Paul George waits for LeBron to decide before he decides. Uh, I'm not really sure what the options are. So I think he doesn't really want to go back to OKC. But unlike LeBron, you know, Paul George could use the money. OKC could offer him that five-year supermax. And that's looking pretty good for a guy like Paul George, who's had serious injuries in the past. Um, to lock down that money would be pretty good for him. And I think he does enjoy playing with Russell Westbrook. Although I don't know why. I think Russell Westbrook is not beneficial to his game. Um, so I think I've only heard between OKC and Lakers. Are there other destinations that he could be going to towards?
1: But, uh, you know, I think that's it. I mean I know a lot of people on Houston are uh trying to get him to go to uh, trying to get Paul George come to Houston. I don't think that'll happen.
0: I mean I'd love that, but Houston just doesn't have cap
1: space. Right, exactly. And so I think I'm with you. It's gonna be between LA who uh you know where he's been saying he's been wanting to go the last two years versus Oklahoma City where I think he genuinely gen Genuinely enjoy his time there. Um, but that, again, is a team that I achieved quite heavily uh, with Westbrook, uh, Stephen Adams, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, not even getting out of the first round of playoffs.
0: Yeah, um, to me, it doesn't make much sense for Paul George to re sign the OKC besides the money. Um, you know, money-wise, obviously that's the best decision. But if he, you know, wants to, I uh, don't really evolve his game. I think Westbrook kind of handicaps him there by hogging the ball so much, um, and Melo will want his isolation plays as well. And Melo's not even good anymore. He's just hamstring. Okay, now with his like 27 million on the books. Right. Yeah. So that's kind
1: of. I think we're both in agreement that. Uh, LeBron is going to change the market, and it's going to affect other players like Paul George, whether or not George stays in or he decides to join LeBron. I don't think he goes to, I think you might agree with this, right, that Paul George is not going to go to L.A. by himself unless he's got someone else coming with him, right?
0: So, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he could. Um, like you said, he's always wanted to play in L.A. He's made that clear many, many years ago, even he's with Indiana. Um, and he could be the focal point there. He could be, you know, the number one player, uh, be the one who carries the Lakers to relevance again, and they've got some good young talent there, so it's not like they're completely lost. I think there's a possibility he goes there, even if LeBron signs elsewhere. For sure, for
1: sure. Um... See what other free agents being talk about. You want to talk about the Rockets situation um, and their whole free
0: agent statuses? Sure. I actually don't think there's too much to talk about for the Rockets. Um, I know they don't have many people on the team right now, but I think they're kind of a lot to sign CP3 to some sort of max deal, some sort of like long term, four or five, hopefully four years, because I think in five years CP3 won't be that good anymore. Um, and then they'll probably also sign Capella to some sort of lucrative contract. And that's gonna be it. After that, they got Ryan Anderson who's take, taking up like 20 million or so. They can't really do much else.
1: You know, I, I think the guy that, the most important guy they have to sign, yes, those two guys are important, but I, I would like to see Trevor Ariza back. Um, see, that's, that's one,
0: cool. that's one piece I think we're gonna have to part with. Ariza's demanding um like 10 million a year and the dude's 32 already. Um, he's definitely a valuable contributor to us. We're certainly going to miss him, but I just, I don't think we can afford him.
1: If, is there a guy that you see on the market that you could replace uh, Trevor Ariza with?
0: There is not, but in Mori I trust. I think he'll be able to find something that'll make it work. Um, I mean, no lie, we're going to miss Trevor Ariza. He is, you know, the prototypical prototypical 3 and D guy. Um, He hit threes, he played great D, um, he's lanky, got steals, uh, you're able to like switch everything with guys like him, P.J. Tucker, uh, Luke and Bob Butte, so we're going to miss him for sure, but I I don't think he's going to be worth $10 million a year, three or four years down the road from now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would like to see Riza back. Like you said, it's highly unlikely. Um, and just looking at some available free agents, I really don't see guys that could replace that who would be uh, cheaper. Like Avery Bradley, I think would be a good fit. Yeah, that'd be
0: a great fit. But yeah, he's going to command a lot of money as well.
1: Hmm. Um. You know, there's just not a lot of guys that do that fit that traditional style
0: just because um, they are now commanding more money on the market. Yeah, but I think we get a guy, you know, who's not as good as Ariza, but can kind of fill out a role. Maybe like a Contavious Caldwell Pope. That's like a good candidate. Um, I don't follow him that much. I don't know how good his defense is. But I think he's a reasonable replacement. Something like that. Yeah,
1: maybe like a Joe Harris um, Young guard from uh, Brooklyn, had a mm. pretty good year, uh, shot the ball pretty well at 42%, and uh, who knows, hopefully he doesn't come in as much money, but uh, he did, you know, that seems to be a trend now for guys who are 3 uh, and D, that they are getting this uh, nice chunk of change because of what EMD is doing.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, I guess last but not least, we can talk about some of the big guys. Um, I think Demarcus Cousins is probably going to go back to uh, Pelicans, but I think DeAndre Jordan is an interesting story. Uh, the fact that there's interest again with the Mavs, even though, you know, I <laughs> have an agreement and he sort of was playing, uh, you know, he's playing board games with Blake Griffin and Docker and Chris Paul. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's, he's playing he's playing some chess over there.
1: Yeah. But it's interesting to think, right? Like when DeAndre Jordan was coming up for the big contract. You know, those three guys made the point to go see him, right? But now yeah. Chris Paul's in Houston, Blake Griffin is in Detroit. So what do you think about DeAndre Jordan?
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear Lopset is over and Jordan's headed to Dallas. Um I think the question now is Here's Dallas. They got Luka Doncic in the draft. Um, They have Dennis Smith Jr., Harrison Barnes, an old Asian Dirk, Um, and now they have DeAndre Jordan. Are they good?
1: You know, I think think they will be good. Um, Let me check their roster real quick, because I I don't want to... I mean, I believe they do have some pretty good pieces coming back. I don't want to hold it back on them, but... No, Luka Doncic will probably, uh, be a contributor. Um,
0: they have a like lot good 10, role players in like, uh, um, like Wes Matthews, Doug Dermott. They have some decent role players.
1: Harrison from Barnes. So I think they do have some good pieces. And, uh, I know that the Mavs blind, uh, dirt's Five million, but I don't see him not resigning with that team. Yeah, dude, so. the Mavs
0: do Dirk so dirty. They're giving five million, and they're still declining that. He's like, oh yeah, clear some cap space, Dirk. You'll understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, for all that that guy does for the franchise, you think they give him more money? But then again, you have to say, you know, uh, he did some sacrifice to help them be competitive to some degree.
0: Yeah, I mean Dirk's sacrificing so much. Remember when he went down to like Timon or something, so the Mavs signed Chandler Parsons, and how badly that turned out. And like every year, the Mavs keep on going back to Dirk. Be like, okay, Dirk, we're gonna need you to take less money this year. And like he's sacrificing so much, and the Mavs are still so terrible. I feel bad for Dirk, man. It feels bad.
1: You think he should have gone to you around and just got the max every
0: year? No, I think the for front office should have done a better job. Of keeping the Mavs relevant, thanks to Dirk's sacrifices.
1: See, there's a, there's a Woads ball. Oh, yeah? Not really. But, uh, it's, uh, there's a report from, uh, Adrian Wojanovski that says Jordan clearly headed to, uh, Dallas. So I guess we don't really have to talk about that much, uh, other than the fact that Wode says that Dallas and DeAndre are, uh, gonna be together.
0: Yeah. Um But speaking of that Chandler Parsons deal, I think that's one of those times where, like, I do really trust Daryl Morey, right? Because Chandler Parsons spent his first three years with the Rockets on a rookie deal where he was, like, kind of the bargain of the NBA. Um, and I was heartbroken when we let him go to the Mavs when he was a restricted free agent. Um, but, you know, like, we were able to replace him with Ariza. And Chandler Parsons has, hasn't really been the same again. I think he's ended the season with knee surgery. Every year since he had a couple years in the Mavs, and then he signed another big deal with the Grizzlies, and now he's got an albatross of contract. I think it's turned into like the worst contract in the NBA because he never plays, but he takes up I don't know so much of Memphis's cap space. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, you're definitely gonna have those
1: kind of guys. Like, um, you know, the Rockets have their
0: own albatross contract in and Ryan Anderson. That's true. He's
1: That's true. Everybody thought would be perfect in this new NBA of uh, shooting three, big guys shooting threes, but he can't guard anybody, so he can't see any time on the floor.
0: Yeah, I really do think Ryan Anderson would be a better fit. I mean, we knew he was going to be a defensive liability. Um, but for a while, he was a decent role player and good contributor on the offense. But later this season, he just, I don't know, got jitters or something. He was afraid to shoot the three. And like, dude, that's why we're paying you so much money to stand there and shoot the three. I don't understand why you keep on passing the shot up. And so you just kind of fill out the rotation altogether. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I, I think the Rockets we need to move this contract to be, make some moves, but those are the kinds of contracts where you've uh, got to attach first-round kicks and assets, and I don't know if anybody wants to sacrifice right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It seems to be hard to move. We might just have to deal yeah. with him for another year or two. You
1: know, the NBA, uh, the free agency period will be quite interesting though, just to see uh, where people go, who commands the most money. I think there are going to be definitely a couple of contracts where we scratch our heads and try to figure out, okay, why, how did this guy get all this money? Or we got a couple of people who are bringing Yeah.
0: Um, and I think the NBA is truly becoming a year-round sport. I know before this podcast, we're talking about um, the NBA moving its awards format over to that NBA Awards show in late June, which is much later than how they announced awards before, It was just during the playoffs. But now, you know, you get the playoffs, and you got the draft, and the awards show, and that free agency. Um, so there's NBA buzz going around year-round, and I really think the offseason is more exciting than the actual season. Because I think we know the Warriors are just going to win again this year. It's going to be just a slog just to watch the Warriors win at the end.
1: Uh-oh, well, don't be that pessimistic, <laughs> Kevin. The Rockets have we a couple games away from winning the Champions, final Finals, so. Whoa, I whoa. Think there's some one went
0: away, babe. One went away.
1: I think there is some, there's some hope uh, that they could be overthrown. You just got to have a healthy Chris Paul. They were
0: one one hamstring away from winning. I just think it's too tough, man. And Curry and Durant, they had two of the top five players in the league. And then they had Draymond, Clay Thompson after that. Um, I mean, if I weren't such a big Rockets fan, I actually really love the Warriors. I I love their brand of basketball, the style they play. Um, Everyone cutting and moving. Uh, It's really beautiful to watch, but it's kind of annoying now that they're so good.
1: Like to
0: talk about? Um, touch on LeBron, Paul George, DeMarcus, DeAndre. I think that kind of, pretty much wraps it up. Do you have anything else you want to touch on?
1: Um, you know, we I'll say this. Uh, we do acknowledge that the World Cup is going on. We're sorry it went up <laughs> soccer fan to soccer fans, to the listener. Um, do we? I, do we acknowledge we, it? We hold-
0: if the U.S. isn't in it, is it really even happening?
1: Well, you know, we're not very good at that sport, so it's not surprising we're not in it. <laughs> says, like,
0: you think out of 300 million people, they can find 11 players to feel a decent team.
1: So why don't we talk about that real quick? Why do you think that the U.S. is not good at soccer? Why don't you think we have, as, you know, like all these other teams, like the European teams, right? Why don't you think our soccer program is as big as... You know, Spain or uh, I mean, Germany, even though they they're not in the World Cup any longer, but these uh, traditional powerhouses.
0: I mean, I think we probably know why, right? It's it's got to start at a young age. Um, the amateur scene in the U.S. is just not the same as the rest of the world. You know, worldwide, soccer is probably the most it is the most popular sport. Um, everyone goes up playing it from a young age. Um, you know, there's there's great coaches at every level and, you know, you, you learn the the schemes, you know the, I don't know, the drills, everything growing up. And here it's football, basketball, baseball, not that many people are playing soccer. And so when there's not a lot of people interest during, you know, the, I don't know, when they're young, then it just doesn't, doesn't grow into talent at the pro level.
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing. The other thing, too, is that I think for a lot of people, soccer is like a something to just get your kids involved in, right? Like mm. FFPS or something just to get them involved in sports. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Europe, you've got kids that are signing with, like, their national teams training with professionals.
0: Right, right.
1: And so I think, like you said, that's the big the difference is that here, I think that... Kids are more exposed to like football, basketball, even baseball to some extent, mm-hmm. and that's what we'd rather do here.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think we're just not developing talent when they're young, and so we're just not seeing that as you know, as they grow older, all the athletes are going to different sports like football, basketball, and baseball. All
1: right, let me ask you this thing, just so we can say we talk soccer a little bit, right, Just for those <laughs> friends. If you were to pick Let's say you could take uh, five guys in the NBA to go play soccer. Just based off athleticism, who would you pick? Or right, how about three? Let's say three guys, based off athleticism.
0: Oh, God. Putting me in a tough spot here. Can not pick Steve Nash?
1: You can pick whoever you want. <laughs> you got to pick them right now, not during their prime.
0: Can I pick Steve Nash at, like,
1: 45? Sure, why not?
0: Um, probably is it is it Dennis Smith from the that, that's speedster? Yeah,
1: Dennis Smith
0: Jr. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably probably pick him and probably make my team. I'm just thinking of guys who are you know not necessarily big, right? Can be shorter, faster, speedy. Um I think
1: of Russell Westbrook. I think he could be a good soccer player for some reason.
0: I mean that aggression, yeah, he'll he'd be good at whatever he does. I think Westbrook would make a great free safety. Yeah,
1: LeBron,
0: you know. Uh, LeBron could be goalie. Uh, I think you pick like a big seven footer who's a little mobile, a little agile to be your goalie. Um, that that wingspan. Capello, yes, I think Clint Capello would be a fantastic goalie. No. Uh, yeah, and I think there's that. You know,
1: just this conversation we're having, but it shows that. You have a lot of guys, um, international, like Quintella, or even homegrown, like what, Russell Westbrook, and Jr., that just choose to do other things, that there's not that appeal to soccer like there is with the other sports.
0: Yeah.
1: Agreed. We don't even include soccer as one of the four major sports when we talk about, uh, team sports. We always talk about baseball, basketball, football. We put hockey ahead of it. Hockey! <laughs>
0: Well, um, I don't know. The MLS, I would say, is on the rise. I'm not saying the talent levels is there, you know, compared to international play. But you got some of those older guys like, you know, David Beckham, Thierry Henry, who when they become in their mid-30s, they come over to the States and play for the MLS. I think it's gaining a little bit of popularity in the States. Um, and I think overall as a sport, baseball is on the decline. And I think now that they've become the third most popular sport behind football and basketball. After being America's pastime for, you know, a century or so, so maybe maybe you'll see soccer usurp one of those major sports in the future. Well, it's coming up on the hour, and despite our great preparation, I think we're running out of topics to talk about. Um, so, do you want to just go ahead and wrap it up for this episode?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for listening. Sorry we've been out of hiatus. Obviously, we're kind of rusty at this. Um, but we promise we'll be back uh, more consistently, and hopefully we'll be there'll be the less awkward moments and pauses.
0: Whoa, whoa! Don't make promises you can't keep, babe. Well, we'll try to be back.
1: You know, what's for the podcast. They can't see you cross your fingers.
0: Touche, <laughs> touche. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Hope you have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week, next time. Next time. <laughs> Next time.